Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the verdict is in. And we're... Hello everybody and welcome to the Crib Point Football Netball Club Community Podcast where we talk to members past and present about the good, the bad and everything in between. Hopefully you can leave today with something you didn't know about and we'll provide you with some laughs along the way. Let's get into it. back to the podcast everyone. I hope you enjoyed the first installment of my sit down with club great Andrew Wiskin. I've had a few people ring through with some positive feedback on the first episode which I'm absolutely stoked about. But please feel free to send through more where you feel necessary, good or bad. This week Andrew takes us through his playing days at Crib Point including his memories of our last bout of grand final glory in 2001. He also touches on the roles he has undertaken post his career at the club including his most recent stint at coaching. Andrew touches on how it felt to coach his own children and provides some insight as to who has been his favourite player to coach to date. So sit back, tuck into a few lime cordials or chalky milks, depending on where you're listening from, and feast your ears on some of this good stuff. Alright, so 97, you moved to Crib Point. Yep. And so you, were, you were captain coach, 97. Not captain coach. No? No, just playing coach. coach. So I was keen to coach. I put in for the coaching job at Hastings and at Crib Point. Yep. And to be honest, I wanted the coaching job at Hastings and they couldn't commit to it. And I put in for the job at Cribby and I had a meeting. My first meeting was with Craig Reinhardt's dad, Dirk, mm-hmm. and, um, who's you know a great man who I've got a lot of respect for. And after I'd sort of met with Dirk, I sort of thought, oh, this could work. This might be, maybe I should do this. And then he said, you know, you've the jobs if, there if you want it. It's yours. So I was going, Hastings job I want, no guarantees I'm going to get it. Crib point job, got it. Mm. So I just went, ah, oh, well, bite the bullet. And so glad I did because it was a great decision I made. Yeah. So when you first went, got to the footy club, yeah, this is one that got mentioned quite a bit. I'm yeah. sure you know what's coming up. Yeah. So there was a pre-season camp where I think you organised for yes. the boys to catch yes. the bus up to Baruga. We did, because my mate Joel's um, godfather, Tony, was playing, and he was playing footy up at Baruga then, so that's why we went up there. He'd organised the whole camp for me. Yep. So and we did, went up, we went up there. <laughs> I drove my car up there with a few of the, I don't know, you know, brown noses trying to be do the right thing. Yeah. I don't know who they were, but... In hindsight, do you think that was the right idea? <laughs> uh, you know, if you did your time... So... What happened was we had the bus <laughs> and there was people like Mono. Mono would have been leading the charge because all the other guys, like Ennis and Craig Reinhardt and all those blokes, they were only just pretty young, you yeah. know, 18, 19. It would have been Mono and I just never... Uh, the guy who coached at the twos with this, who's a great bloke, Rob McClellan, Rob went up in the bus and I said to Rob, don't let him get on the piss because we were playing a practice game the next day. And I said, we'll get on the, we'll get on the grog on the Saturday, but... You know, let's send the right message. We get up there on Friday, do the right thing, prepare, play a practice game, then we'll have a night out. Yeah. Anyway, I got to the foot. I got to the place we were staying at first, and um, then the bus rolled up. And when the door opened up on the bus, about fifteen cans fell out <laughs> onto the road. So oh. I wasn't happy. 
No, I saw so it. there was a few pissed cats on getting get out on the bus, and I thought, you know, back then, if you had your time again, you know, when you're a young coach, you're super intense, you know, you're wanting to do well. Try and set an example. Set an example. Yeah. So I think, it, yeah, I wasn't happy. And then the next morning, I thought, fuck it, you know, I'll get them all. I'll get them all up early. Yeah. So I got them up early and we went for about a th- four or five K run. Before the practice match. Before the practice match. How did they perform that day? Well, we got smashed in the practice match because <laughs> Baruga were very strong. Um, and Wok broke his arm in that practice game, so that was a bummer because he was one of our good, really good players. And we had a, you know, it was a good experience. I think we sort of were starting from a long way back. We had a young team. Yeah, there were some good things that came out of that. But if you had your time again, you'd do a trip like that. It'd be more of a bonding trip. Let's get to know each other. Yeah. You know, I think that, that if you did it again, that's how you'd do it. Yeah. You know, you'd probably have a golf trip or something rather than a training camp to... Just to get to know everybody. Just to get to know everyone. Get the camaraderie up. Yeah. But uh, I was pretty full on back then. Yeah. So those two years, 97 and 98, yep. they're a bit lost in transition. Do you remember much about them? Sort of what happened? Was that more developed in the sport <coughs> that you had? Yeah, well, 97, the big one, I suppose, was Dwayne Annabelle played on the wing a fair bit and he was keen to play at full forward. I think mm. I, he actually did say to me, can I play at full forward? And he played there and <coughs> he's probably been... I think he's the leading goal kicker for the club, so kudos to him for wanting to do it. But I had him and Craig Reinhardt was only young, pretty young team, pretty inexperienced really, had a few older guys. It was funny, sort of the older guys probably were the hardest to coach. The young guys were pretty easy, but the older guys a bit set in their ways. Yeah. Mono was a bit tricky at times. <laughs> Get another guy, Gav McGuinness, but... You know, they probably saw things in my coaching that, you know, I wasn't hitting the mark, yep. um, which is fair enough. And you look at that now and you think, well, you know, I probably should have picked their brain a little bit more instead of being so regimented about how I wanted to do things. Yeah, definitely. So 97 and 98 were, yeah, was a bit of a building year. And um, the leagues changed. So they changed the way the divisions were and they sort of brought in three divisions in 1999. So... I thought we'd go okay because it was, you know, there was still some pretty strong teams getting around. And we had, you know, those players played a fair bit of good footy in 99. 97, 98, Ennis was probably the big improver out of the younger guys. Um, and Craig Reinhardt, so it was good because I sort of had Wayne Annabelle was full forward and Craig Reinhardt was centre-half back. So you sort of had a bit of, bit of, bit of that structure. bit of structure with that. And having a good full forward made a big difference. And then... Um, we had a couple of other, you know, Angus Graham, Shane Beggs, they were all, you know, really good footballers, really good. But they were pretty established anyway at that time. It was sort of, we needed some um, some others to sort of put their hand up. So they were probably the two main ones who came through at that time. And then do you recall sort of, was there a bit of a shift in the sort of the mindset in 99 or what do you think it is? I think 99 because the structure of the league oh, changed a bit. That made us a lot more competitive and a right. lot strong, stronger. Yeah. And we just had a pretty good year. You know, I missed, I missed nearly the whole of the 1998 season because after my first year coaching, I had a bit of a sore knee and got a clean up as you did back then and the surgeon said oh your knee's cooked mate you shouldn't be playing footy anymore and it's I probably was, right <laughs> yeah I was only 27 at the time yeah and I couldn't get it right and I missed like 1998 I think I only played I missed about the first nine games and I was getting really frustrated and I tried to play a game and I could hardly run and then I went back to the surgeon and had another arthroscope and then about two days after the arthroscope, Manif, I thought, nah, it's, they've, it's, better. it's better. I can it's tell better. it's better. And then I think I only, 
I played about the last four games of the year in the forward pocket um, and had a couple of good games in in that, even just in that really interrupted year. Kicked a few goals in a couple of games. And then the following year in 99, my knee still wasn't great. So I actually played the whole year in the forward pocket. Is that so, the, you kicked 80 goals that year? Yeah, yeah. so Ennis was full forward and I was forward pocket. Yeah. And for the year, I think, at, by the end of the year, he kicked... Uh, 120 and I'd kicked 91 or 2 yeah, that's crazy by the end of the that. year but we played some pretty weak teams then Jacob you know yeah. like we had games where we we, we played Dramana and Karen Downs and Sorrento funnily enough how things all sort of changed with the Dramana and Sorrento but you'd beat you'd beat Dramana by 50 goals you'd beat Sorrento by 30 goals they were pretty weak teams so you know and has kicked 18 goals against Dramana one game yeah right and then I think that... Bit of an effort. And then there was a couple... I, I, myself and another guy, Ben Robbins, kicked nine. And then another guy kicked seven. So some, <laughs> they were junk sort of games in some yeah. respects. No no disrespect to Hannah's. But, but we had a pretty good... You know, we had Gus Graham was a really good midfielder. Shane Beggs was a good midfielder. We had a couple of good... Had a good Navy guy who was a key forward. Nick Smith was a fullback who was great. Joey and Ethan's old man and... Craig Reinhardt was at centre half back, so we had the makings of a pretty good team. Yeah, and but Berwick were the best team all year. You came close though. We did. We only... played them four times that year, yep. and um, we lost them all. But the closest we got was in the grand final. We lost by ten points. Yeah. And really, at the end of the day, it was pretty close. We actually got in front for a period of time, and then we were four points down, and then the, I think it was ten points. We're only a couple of points down, and then one of their their key forward took a mark and kicked a goal, and then the siren went. So yeah, so it was all over. It was all over, and then the the rule back then was if you won the flag in or you were at the top two, you went up. So we went up to the middle division. And that was my last year coaching, so that was 2000. And we won the first game against Doveton, who'd won the flag the year before. I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be all right. We might be all right. That was the only game we won the year. So it was a pretty tough old year. Was that, that year. strategic, that, to drop back down? Well, there. we did. So we we went up, 99, went up, 2000, we went up. Then we came straight back down in 2001. <laughs> won the flag. Won the flag with Dell coaching. Yeah. And then when we uh, and then we went back up again, and then we came down again. <laughs> so your memories after that ninety nine grand final loss? Do you remember sort of the, I don't know if they called it a silly Sunday or a Mad Monday back in those days? Yeah. Do you have any memories of the ninety nine Mad Monday of your car? I'll stop you right there, Andrew, just to provide our listeners with a little something in regards to that very topic, cars. Tuckett's Tire Power Hastings have long been a sponsor of the club and are absolutely raring to fit you out with a new set of fresh wheels. Robert and Susan, who have built this fine establishment dating back to 1988, are to thank for what you receive when you walk through their doors today. Welcomed with a friendly hello, Tuckett's have all the necessary knowledge on what your car needs in the tyre department. So don't hesitate to check it out the next time you're running thin, and make sure you give a few humble hellos to those two if they are about. Tuckett's is located on 2079 Frankston Flinders Road, right near the McDonald's, or feel free to give Robert a call on 5979 now back to your recollections of the 99 Mad Monday, yes. Andrew. Yeah, I do. I think my car was parked over the... You've done, you've done a bit of research, Jacob. Who, who got you on this one? Uh, Can't reveal your sources. Cannot, cannot. So I think I left my car overnight 
near the old grandstand where our change rooms are. Yeah. And when I came back to get it, it was absolutely full to the roof with rubbish. Is that right? <laughs> well, that's not what they or, said. They said and they, it was they, wrapped. Yeah, did it wrapped it in glad wrap? I think I think so. they filled it with rubbish as well. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. That <laughs> so, would have been a nightmare. Well, I, do, I do remember that. Yeah. You weren't too happy with that? Oh, probably, yeah. Probably not. Oh, probably not. I think I just wanted to get in your car and go home. Yeah. <laughs> So we skip forward to the O one because there's not yeah. much point um, glossing over the two thousand when you yeah, only won yeah. one game. Yeah. What are, What are your early memories of that year? And well, and it's been spoken of a bit in the past because Andrew Shannon was appointed coach, and I probably had a fair bit of mm. uh, input in trying to get him to coach. Like we were friends, and um, said, you know, if you're gonna, because he was older, he was like he would have been th- thirty three or thirty four at that time. And he was sort of tossing up. I said, if you don't coach now as a playing coach, you're never going to coach. Mm. I said, we'll be good. You know, we're in the lower division. We'll, we'll, we, we could win it. So he, he put his hand. He, he, the job was his if he wanted it. And he decided, yep. Yeah. And our first game against Bomb Beach at Bomb Beach, I think we lost by 120 points. <laughs> <laughs> well, he obviously turned it around. We did. We did turn it around. But that game, I think he thought, what have I got myself what into? Have I done? <laughs> but we did. We sort of turned it. The, the big difference that year from from memory was Jay Monday played the first four games in the twos because he'd done no preseason. He arrived late to the club. I think I don't know if that was his first. Might have been his first year back. He spent a bit of time at Hastings, but I'm not sure. But for one reason or another, he didn't do a preseason. He came back late. And he played in the two. Played four games, which hats off to uh, Dell for making him sort of get right before he went in and. He came in and destroyed the comp. Was fantastic. Mm. Won the best and fairest that year after playing four games in the twos. Yeah, right. So was, was that the first year that Nabby had transferred over as well? No, he'd been there for a while. He'd been there it? for a while. Yeah. Nabby had been there for a while. He that was his last year. So Nabby oh. retired after that year. Mm. So he came back early. He he'd been back for a few years before that. Yeah, so the grand final itself, I yeah. had a look through some of the highlights earlier today. Yeah. It was a pretty remarkable game, really. At half-time, I think the score card ran. behind, I think, weren't Yeah, 45-53, to 53, and then you go three-quarter time, you come out and kick about six or seven goals. Yeah. So it's 86-53, to 53, yeah. so you've, you've sort of put a six-goal lead on yeah. them at that stage, and then the last quarter rolls around, and you've hammered home 10 or 11 goals in the last quarter to their one or two. Yeah. So the scorecard in the end read 148-71. to 71. Yeah. What, I think you were a big part of that in the third quarter, watching the highlights. Yeah, I think a big house, Steve Raspin turned it on. The yeah. Big, yeah, Rig Razza. Yeah, he, he, he was good, pretty prominent. Yeah, big unit, wasn't he? He, he was just, a big unit. He's a big boy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, you wouldn't have think you would have got that result, would you, when no at half time you're behind? And what did we end up winning by? Oh, 77 points. 77 points, and you're down at half time. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. Mm. So, was there a big rev at half time? Or? Not that I can remember. We were the best team all year. Yeah, I so felt we were. You just we ran beat, over the top. We beat Pearsdale in the in the second semi. Yeah. And then they played. I think they might have played Bomb Beach in the prelim. I think. Hmm. Um, so no, we had the week's break. I don't know what happened there. I just it just yeah, it all just clicked at the right in that second half it just clicked and we were unstoppable it yeah. was it was just one way traffic do you recall a goal i think it was a goal uh, about 10 minutes into the, first, the last quarter sorry and you, you kicked the goal i think you kicked a few in jump time 
yeah. and there was one that you kicked and you ran all the way along yeah, the side of the boundary yeah. line, high five and everyone. <laughs> were you proud of that moment? Well, look, looking at I you, think don't the, think you were. I think the you know now you go what a you know what an idiot, but at the time I got to live it, in the moment. Yeah, and and the thing was the reason why I did it, I suppose, is in the time that I'd been at crib, we we uh, up and down, we you know played in a grand final in '99 and lost, but we got absolutely hammered in some games. Hmm. And, you know, a bit like where we're at now, you know. So all you young guys that are playing, it's it's something that's happened and it's it's pretty hard to take. And I've been there and done it when I've been a coach and had games of footy where the opposition's laughed at us because we're just trying our guts out, but we just didn't have the talent, really, um, or the depth. And that came down to money. Mm. We just, you know, I think when we won the grand final, we would have been one of the lowest playing sides going around we wouldn't have spent more than $25,000 that year on payments so that was the reason why when I knew we'd won I was happy for guys like Gus Graham and Shane Beggs and Clubman all these guys that had sort of been around a fair bit longer than me and played for a pittance yeah um and it was just you know we hadn't had a lot of success Mm. so I just thought yeah here we go I'll make an idiot of myself I'm just a bit (laughs) excited I thought back to all the you know all the hard times of yeah. the time I'd been coaching and we'd been we had got we got some real touch up so yeah I just thought I'm going to enjoy myself yeah and then by the end of the game when the end of the game rolled around yeah did you know that they were going to put the best on ground medal around your neck or did Looking, you think it was a bit of a toss up between no, a few yeah well I thought I had a pretty good game <laughs> I think you kicked three or four that I kicked four you kicked four out of the midfield mostly yeah, so played in the midfield and the forward pocket. And as you said, though, rightly so, kicked a few in junk time, don't you? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's fair. I think on that day, without sort of... I think we won well in the end, but with all the guys that we had, I would say all our top line, our best five or six players, they were the best five or six players in the, on the ground. Mm. And they all got named in the best. So that was probably our strongest. Our, our best players played their best games. Yeah, and then we had other people who played quite well as well, who who made you know in that next run. But you know we had Andrew Shannon, Gus Graham, Shane Beggs, Wayne Annabel. They all had good games. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, we you know Jay Monday he played really well. But there was some you know you look through that there was some very good young footballers in that team that no one would know. Some of those guys like Paul Henry, number two, he left the club. He he had a great game. He was only a young kid then. I think Brent Murdoch was the youngest in our side. Yeah. So Do you still uh, catch up with them now? Is there um, a sort of reunions? We have. We've had one reunion. I yeah. think we're in line for, well, there'll be one maybe next year. Yeah, be 20, 20 years. years. Yep. So we had a 10-year reunion. Um, and all I think pretty much all those guys came back. The thing was, the difference for me with the two premierships I won at Hastings to Crib. The one at Cribs probably the dearest to me because you do really have that good connection. They're all sort of local guys and so, no, we do catch up and you've got that special bond. You, you know, mm. every I could reel off every single person who played in that team without fail. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you everyone who played in the 1999 losing grand final. <laughs> no, I guess that's just the way yeah. it is really. Yeah. So then... You had a few more years at the club. Yeah. So during that period, actually, you won four BNFs. So 97, 2000, 2001 and 02. Did you win yeah. any at Hastings? No, I came, came second, second a few three times. times. Three times. We'll skip towards the end of your career then. 2005. Yep. Do you recall your last game? Yes. 
Do you Sadly, do you remember what happened that game? You so probably... I, I got sent off. I spent the last fifteen minutes of my career sent off sitting on the bench. Yeah, was for, it... for fighting. Is it true that you actually gave Alistair Lynch a few tips on his last game and how to go about it? I I did well. <laughs> Lee Carpenter was the co- our coach then, and I coached Lee coached. Um, Crip Point when he was younger but then he went and coached Pine so I actually played against Lee when he was a coach and yeah I, I got along really well with Lee I really was quite excited playing my last year of footy under someone like Lee and he was really good to me like I was cooked by 2005 like I couldn't train when I was so 2000 what was I 35 you'd train on a the year before, I'd be sore on Tuesday, but I'd be okay on Thursday. Mm. And in my last year, I was still so sore on Thursday, I could hardly move. But he looked after me. He he just said, just do what you can do. And so, you know, if I'd had a younger, inexperienced coach, I wouldn't have liked to have seen how he would have managed me. But <laughs> Lee was fantastic. And um, an old footy head and we... What had happened in the last game, we played Red Hill, I think we won, and I was playing in the forward pocket, and I was I was getting frustrated too, because I, you know, I started, I couldn't do things that I wanted to do, I knew that, you know, I was done and dusted. Your body had packed yeah, up. Yeah, and I just, and you didn't train, so you lost a bit of touch, and I think, they were all trying to get me to kick a goal, you know, wanted me to kick a goal, and I just, I couldn't kick one, and then there was a bit of a fight, and there was a guy, I was on the ground wrestling with someone, and a guy with really bright boots was standing near me and was reaching in and punching me in the head while I was wrestling on the ground. Did you give him a word about his boots? No, So, <laughs> but the, the bright brute boots, why I say that is, I thought, right, oh, I know who you'll be. Like, it's not going to be hard. Not many people had Larry boots back then, but this guy had, had Larry boots. Yeah. And when I got to my feet, I thought, oh, well, I know it's him because they're the boots I saw. So I, I had all these things inside my head, I thought... Right, it's me last game. I'll go out with a bang. I'll punch this guy. He's bloody dog me. He's hit, giving me a few cheap shots. So I thought, yep, yeah, no, nah, I'm going to do it. I'll, I'm going to whack him. Square it up. So he was. I was in the forward pocket and the ball was down in their forward line. So I ran all the way down <laughs> to where he was. And when I got to like one step near him, I, I had second thoughts and I thought... Run back away. No, I thought, no, I won't punch him. I just grabbed him in the headlock and threw him to the ground <laughs> and, and started wrestling with him. Mm-hmm. And I got sent off, understandably so, and I went to the bench and Lee Carpenter, this mightn't be 100% right, but this is how I remember it. As I walked past him, he just didn't, he just, he didn't look at me, he just looked straight ahead and he goes, why would you run all that way to only grab him in the headlock and throw him to the ground? And I just went, yep, fair enough. You sat on the bench. <laughs> That's your last memory. And, 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 and what I do remember of that game, so Joel was, he would have been, yeah, what, 2000? You would have been uh, seven. Seven. Yeah. So he's come over and sat with me on the bench and asking me question after question. Why are you on the bench, Dad? Why Why aren't you on the ground, Dad? What answers did you have for him at that oh, stage? I just think I said, oh, I'm just having a rest, mate. You know, he's a bit, a bit tired, tired last game. Yeah, last game. <laughs> So, yeah, that was my last game. So, something that I'm not overly proud of. Yeah, understandably. Um, I never like Red Hill. I always, as when I've coached you guys in the footy, I always seem to lose the plot <laughs> when we play Red Hill. Coaching or playing, <laughs> Red Hill bring the worst out of me. I don't think it's the only time you've sort of um, lashed out during your career, though, from what I've been told. Yeah. Um, 
I think there was one game where you walked in the rooms. I'm not sure exactly what had happened, but um, this is how he recalls it anyway. Craig Reinhardt. Yeah. You walked in, you started abusing him, and you used the word crab. I did. You remember calling him a crab. I did. I do remember the game as well, and you, you wouldn't know it, but Pete Coelli. Was this the same game? I was same about to game. mention that next. So, yeah. <laughs> so it was the same game. Oh. So I lost, yeah. So we played, Dwayne Annabelle was coaching, and we were playing Caram Downs, and it was half time, and it was only like, Karen Downs, as I said, were one of those really weaker teams. Yeah. And uh, Anna's came in and he was a bit emotional, a bit, you know, not coping. And I think he said something like, I never thought we'd be in a shit fight with Karen Downs. <laughs> and I thought, well, I'll go look at, you know, I was one of the senior players and we are playing pretty ordinary. So I think I got everybody together while Anna's was doing the board with, whoever was his assistant coach at that time. But um, I thought, oh, well, I'll see if I can fire us up. So I think I I picked on Craig Reiner because I, lo- I love Craig and I knew Craig could take it. Yeah. So I think I said something like, oh, Craig, you're playing like a <laughs> crab. <laughs> and, uh, and no one had... And I'd heard that saying before. Like, when I was a kid, that's what you'd say. If you had a bad that game, you'd say, oh, you're playing like a crab, mate. And <laughs> none of them had heard it. They thought it was hilarious after it. Not at the time. <laughs> But um, Craig could make these Craig crab the, claws. Craig the crab. Craig, you made these crab claws. So I think all that night when we were having a beer after the game, he just looked over at me and did these crab claws. <laughs> so I, but that was the same game. So Pete Coelli, and this is pretty bad because Pete would have only been, he might have only been 16. Yeah. I have to bring this up with him. I'm not sure if he remembers it. He does remember he it. Does. He, he does. He hasn't forgotten. told Joel about it. He can't it. forget. Yeah. So I think Pete, Pete Coelli would have only been 16 or 17 when we were playing in that game. And Pete, was, it was just because he was just sitting in the wrong spot. And I think I'd yelled at Craig and yelled at everyone else. And then I punched the locker that was above Pete Coelli's head as hard as I could. Which you think, oh, you sound like, you sound like such a... It's not a great example, Andrew. <laughs> no, that's what you but that's what I did. That's what I did do. We won. We yeah. played better after. Maybe we played better after that. I don't know, but... Yeah, you do things that you think are a good a time, good idea at the time, yeah. Jacob. But we've maybe all been not. there. Yeah. we've all done that. Yeah. So then you spent a few years, maybe maybe not away from the club, but if maybe you took a few years off. Finished in two thousand and five, and then two thousand and six and seven, I didn't. Mm. I just went and watched, and then I was keen to coach. Well, there are plenty of things I love about football. You only need to ask my girlfriend about the number of games I've been watching a week lately to find that one out. But even though the AFL is still up and running, local leagues across our state have come to a halt officially. As a result, the club is looking to raise funds in new ways and one of these is through the Toyota Good For Footy raffle. If you haven't already, spend as little as $5 to go into the draw to win one of 10 prizes, including a brand new RAV4, Camry or Corolla. I'm hoping I snag an upgrade from this given my current form of transport. But remember, the money is going towards the club and this is something we should all rally behind. We've already surpassed $5,000 and right there, that's the thing about, that's what I like about, yeah, that's the thing about football. I coached in 2008-09. Yeah, how were those years? Not great. No? No. Was that just the squad that you had at the time? Oh, yeah, and... We won a handful. Like, we weren't terrible. I think we maybe won a handful of games, but we didn't have a, you know... I think one of those years, I think Enners may have... I can't even remember. Maybe he'd been over in Darwin or something like that. 
that. So Craig Reinhardt was injured. We'd lost a few players. We had a good, you know, some good young guys coming through. I think Matt Sloper won the best and fairest in my first year. Those guys, James Cook, I think went and played a year at Frankston. So miss those those guys, but. Yeah, look, it was okay. Yeah, I was a bit more laid back. I'd like to think back then, but then I after that we got Dave Lawson the coach, and I was his chairman selectors, and that was definitely a better fit. I think, you know, you need we needed at that time a playing coach, and Dave was really good, and I really enjoyed the four years I did with him as chairman of selectors. It was great. Yeah, and saw a lot of improvement. You know, like even when Anders took over in that two thousand and fourteen, and we made the grand final. I think it was ironic that we played against Sorrento, and Plugger was playing for Sorrento. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of the work that he'd done the four years he's been previous, able to see it. He's seen it on the <laughs> day. Like you know that 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 was that that was a phenomenal effort for them to make the grand final in, or for us to make the grand final in 2014 that was a huge effort yeah so after 09 was that when you went to become the chairman of selectors for a few years yeah so after coaching in 08 09 then the four years after that i was chairman of selectors so just running the bench for plugger and um, i really enjoyed that it was i really it was really good dave was a great guy to work with um, he trusted you and he had a great sense of humour. He had that good mix, you know, of being a bit of a joker, but also serious being, at the same time. being serious when needed to be. And the only thing that was probably a bit disappointing, and I know even for Dave it was disappointing, was he just couldn't lure any of those Sereno guys that he was mates with to bite the bullet to come and play with it, with Group Point. Yeah. And he tried hard, but they just didn't come over. And yeah. if we had a got Scott, we were key, he was keen on Scotty Cameron and we thought we were a good chance with him. But he just balked at the last minute, which mm. was disappointing for us. And I know Dave would have been disappointed about that. But, you know, Dave definitely was the key development for Dean Carey's, Wade Symes, you know, those types of footballers, Jacob Cook. Dean Worry. Dean Worry. Yeah. You know, really, really had a huge part to play in their careers. Yeah. Okay. Well, and then I think... It might have been 2015. My memory doesn't serve me yeah. well here, but I remember you started coaching me and Joel, I think maybe under-15s or 16. Yeah, I think under-14s I maybe started Was coaching it? the okay, could have been. the kids. Because I think you guys, your age group, folded in 2013 at Balnarring maybe. I'm not too sure. Uh, it might have been a bit before that, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that. Yeah, um, enjoyed that. It was a good, good that. time. Did you enjoy it, Jason? Yeah, I had its ups and downs, I guess. Yeah. I wasn't probably the fittest, fittest kid going around. <laughs> what about stage? that photo? There's a photo of you. I've seen it. That's a beauty. You've got your hair peroxide. <laughs> You've got a mouth guard in your mouth that's like a slice of watermelon. Which one? Is it? You're probably a touch heavy. Turn off the touch. <laughs> it wouldn't have been watermelon. I'm give you a tip. It would have been more likely a Mars bar yeah, or something along those yeah, lines. Funny. What, yeah. are, what are your earliest memories of me? Because they, they wouldn't have been the fittest child going I remember around. You, I remember you coming <laughs> around hitting here. Your Crocs. <laughs> your Crocs, maybe? Oh, yeah. I used to have coming a here and have thing a, have a, a come, come around and had a play when the time, as I've said to you before, we've laughed about it when you had a stack on a skateboard. Well, we'll tell that story because so, not everyone Yeah, so we, uh, Jacob came around. He used to come around a bit. Him and Joel were pretty tight. Especially in primary school. Yeah. Uh, and Jacob's come here and they're riding on a skateboard and he probably wasn't the most coordinated rig getting around and he uh, was pretty big. Some things haven't changed. And um, he come a gutter and lost a bit of skin off his knee. So I went to the 
first aid kit of the bus that was I was driving at the time for a program. And I thought, saw this uh, spray on bandage, that'll fix him up. Well, I've sprayed that on your knee and you were not happy, were you? <laughs> no, I remember that. <laughs> it stung badly. It's not one of the great memories from a child. So, yeah, no, that was... Uh, and then we got you the spray on bandage for your 21st <laughs> yeah. birthday. Yeah, yeah. yeah so... Um, yeah. yeah, I'll never live that down. That's probably the one straight in summers I'll actually never never forget the name of, Campsie yeah. Court. Yeah, um, that's where you came to Gatsby. I wouldn't know it any other way <laughs> apart from that. I think your skin is still on the road there, mate. I think it could be. <laughs> probably thick enough to stay there yeah. for a few years. Yeah. And then you obviously transitioned. You sort of followed us a fair way yeah. through, and you coached us in under-19s as well. Yep. And then I think in your last year of coaching, which was last year, yep. you took over Cooper's age group. So... What do you think were some of the challenges sort of coaching young kids coming through? Um, I think the thing that was difficult was you just you got all different abilities kids. You got mm. some kids who are good enough to play senior footy as an under nineteen player and then you've got other guys who are just, you know, if you're at full strength probably wouldn't be getting the game and you've got to try and keep everyone happy and you've got to keep mm. parents happy and then you've got other kids, you know, then you've got and, and I was pretty lucky, the group of kids I coached all the way through, the majority were really keen and great young guys. And there were some, they were good people, but they just weren't that, you know, footy didn't mean as much to them as having a good time. And then you had this juggling act of some people rocking up and being hung over on a Saturday. And, 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 and I didn't like that because I just sort of thought, why should you play if you don't really care just because you're better than another kid, yeah. but that other person's doing everything right. So that was a balancing act and I reckon I got it wrong a couple of times especially maybe with some of the boys around your age group there was a few older boys who weren't as keen on their footy and were keen to go out which is fine you know but you sort of can't really do both and then have people missing out on a game so that was a bit frustrating but um, overall loved my time coaching the under 19s probably the only thing if you had your time again it's not it's not great for your kids coaching your mm. own children probably because <laughs> I was I was very hard on Joel yeah I've um, seen that sometimes and, and damned if you do and damned if you don't for him you know like Harrow said it as a and it was a laugh but there's a touch of truth with it you know he goes out of the four years you've coached three times your children have won the best and fairest <laughs> and I go oh I didn't think, Here we go. think about that but um you know circumstances when Joel won his was really he wasn't the best player in the under 19s we had kids Jaden D's played under 19s played six or seven games and nearly won a best and fairest and played seven games in the seniors Nick Rutherford played a lot of senior footy you know yeah. um and even last year with Cooper Tying for the BNF with Miles Shepherd, that you know, I think they both had great years. I didn't really do the votes all year, so I, that's it's easy with well with me. But yeah, it is difficult coaching your own kids. Yeah, you got to, you you you're so worried about favouring them, and then you're hard on them, and then if you then if you give say they've played well, and yeah. other people think they haven't played well. Yeah, I can imagine. So realistically, you know, it'd be I, I'd like to coach the nineteens again without any of my children playing so you just well, you might have to get in quick because before you know it Noah will be there yeah that's right <laughs> so um yeah I, I definitely enjoyed it and I've got I feel as though I've got a bond with my with Cooper and Joel's friends mm. in a way that they're friends with me not my mates but we've got a bond and mm. and I think that's good you know 
Yeah. So I think I've mellowed a lot with my coaching of the under-19s and especially, you know, last year. You know, last year the under-19s talent-wise was probably the most talented group of kids I've yeah. coached. There is a lot of talent in depth. that group. Just the depth of it. Which know. is exciting. Yeah, coming through very, for the very club. exciting. I think maybe we might have been on the end of a few sprays that were early True. on before you mellowed yeah, out. Mate, yeah, yeah, probably. There's a few times where if you're stuck at the front of the group, you might have you got sprayed on, on yeah. and That's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't need to be. I think, you know, co- coaching's different now. And uh, I think it's just the competitiveness in yourself that probably comes out more that yeah. you want to win all the time. Well, we had a few questions come in from yeah. the, the loyal fans, the people that have been listening for a long yeah. time. Um, one of them was... Um, I'm not going to name names, yeah. but it was actually about your sons. Who is your favourite child? Who is my favourite? Yeah. I'm not going to tell you who it's Jeez. from. Jeez. Could be Noel Miskin. You can't have favourites. No. Oh, so, oh, no, well, Noah's my favourite. The youngest, <laughs> the youngest is always the favourite. <laughs> well, he hasn't done as much damage as That's the other right. two yet. Yeah. No, so, yeah, no, I haven't got a favourite, mate. Um, who Hate is them your... all equally. <laughs> Who was your favourite player to coach? Favourite player to coach? Yeah. And was it Harry Lawton? Was it Harry Lawton? That might be a question from Harry. No, Harry wasn't my favourite. Oh, Lovely that. boy, Harry. But cop that, Harry. Not my favourite. Um, no, you, you can't have favourites. Had a few favourites coaching senior footy, probably. I love Craig Rhino was a favourite of mine. Yeah. Well, you would have played a lot of your footy next year. Yeah. Uh, and Craig was, just, Craig was just a really good, funny bloke. Yep. You know, who... Trained hard, um, enjoyed a good time, and was loyal through and through. Yep. But uh, yeah, no, with with the younger group of kids, la- as I said, last year was the most. Last year coaching was probably I really enjoyed that year with those group of boys. So Harry was my favourite, along with twenty four others. <laughs> well, I think that's all he wanted. He yeah. just wanted that mention. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much all I've got for you. I'd just like to thank you for coming on to the, no the worries, episode of Hopefully the podcast. we haven't um, bored anyone well, too much. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And, um, you're a Crick Point Life member. I am. Four-time best and fairest. Yeah, thanks, Premiership mate. player, best yeah. on ground. I don't think there's much more you could have done at the club, but no. I'm sure you probably won't stop doing what Maybe you're doing. we could be the president. You could say that to Megan and see what she says. Why is that? I'm sure Espy would be happy because oh. she'd kill me if I said I was wanted to be the president. But, <laughs> well, um, who knows? It, it's that's it. Nah. Life full of opportunity. Footy club's know. been fantastic for me, Jacob, so yeah. it's been great. I'm not sure how your life would have panned out without it. Nah. It would have been completely different. would have been pretty boring, I reckon. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm, I bet you're glad you've been a part of it. Yeah. And everyone's glad that you've been a part of it too. Thanks, mate. So thanks for coming no on. No worries. Thanks, Jacob. Well, there you have it. That wraps up my sit-down with Andrew. I really hope you enjoyed it, and as always, I'm welcome to any form of feedback. If you're feeling generous, give us a follow at cpfnc underscore podcast on Instagram, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify, or even feel free to give it a retweet if that's your preferred method. Sorry again about the delay getting part two out to the public. The podcast was an idea Steve threw up probably a year ago now and it's something that I've finally got on board with. But for now, given the state of the world and of where we live, I'll have to put things on hold for the time being. We will be back next year or possibly in the lead up to next season later this year. I hope you've enjoyed listening and if you want to be a part of it, whether that's as a guest, a producer or even to give me a chop out as a host, DM me. 
I'm Jacob Collins and I hope to see all of you soon for a few Frappuccinos behind the bar when we can.